Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, folks. How's it going? How's it going, Randy? Uh, it's going all right. Um, you know, just back to it for a couple weeks now at the office uh, after the holidays. Um, and yeah, I, you actually reminded me just a couple days ago on Twitter that it was the 20th anniversary of Voyager. Yes. So, being that we are kind of really into Star Trek, that was kind of a big deal, especially because we've been talking about Voyager just up until recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you are listening to Trek Trek right now, you probably have already listened <laughs> <laughs> to our entire recap of the first season of Voyager. But if not, or, well, if you know someone, maybe, who hasn't and is getting back into it, then you should definitely check it out. Yeah, you should tell him all about how we love Neelix and how he's the best character. <laughs> yeah, basically how if you're a huge fan of Neelix, this is the podcast for you. <laughs> and that you should totally listen to it because every episode is basically like just us going off about how awesome Neelix is. <laughs> <laughs> and how relaxed and uh, cool and human-like uh, Tufok is, and etc. And how great we think um, Chakotay's uh totally not drawn on with eyeliner tattooists <laughs> no but we could we we like voyager yeah and we'll probably at some point in the future check it out again but yeah i'm sure we'll revisit voyager but i just want to check out enterprise because uh, yeah. a lot of people had been bugging me to check out enterprise yeah and i mean they're pretty much all on uh netflix and so you know in this modern day and age where you can just pull up any tv series of all time that you want to check out we figure hey we've got the entirety of basically all of star trek in front of us you know we're not having to rely on renting videotapes or something <laughs> we can just check out whichever series we want and so and or whichever series you want and in this case it's enterprise i remember buying next generation on dvd and it was so mm -hmm. expensive yeah, well, I mean, up until recently, it was even even the Blu-ray reissues, uh, remasters of Next Generation were really crazy expensive. Um, and then I think it was around the holidays, you told me, oh, go on Amazon. They're only like 20 bucks or 30 bucks or something. So um, I haven't, um, unfortunately, uh, truth be told, haven't looked into how much Enterprise costs uh, or if it's even on Blu-ray. It's in HD, though, so... Um, but I guess if you have Netflix, there's not really any reason to get Enterprise on Blu-ray unless you really want commentary. Yeah, you know, if you want commentaries or behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, all that stuff. I want all the commentary by the actor who plays uh, Hoshi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Star Trek Enterprise is available on Blu-ray. Um, not sure which seasons are available, but it looks like it goes for about 60 bucks per season on Amazon. It's not too bad. And it's a pretty different sort of box cover. I'm looking at it right now, and it is sort of the right stuff, you know, where the all the astronauts are walking together in their spacesuits and they're holding their helmets. Mm -hmm. It's that, but it's the Enterprise crew, which yeah. is really weird. Makes <laughs> Considering sense. Considering it's not what they normally wear on the bridge of the ship. Right, but this is kind of like, oh, they're exploring space. Sort of, yeah. It's, uh, oh, wait, hold on. 
Uh, I found it here. Star Trek Enterprise, the complete series on Blu-ray, is $235.22. Start saving, folks. (laughs) Or just watch it on Netflix and listen along with us. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 1, Episode 8, Breaking the Ice. Oh, we're already eight episodes in. Yeah. It's kind of gone fast, I think. Uh, original air date, November 7th, 2001. Open up on the Enterprise flying through space. Cut to the mess hall in which Flox and Trip are sitting at a table. And Ooh. Flox is looking at a child's drawing of the Enterprise. Uh, Flox calls out to T'Pol as she's walking by. She heads over and Trip tells her that he has drawings from his nephew's fourth grade class. Uh, Trip offers to Paul a drawing, including one of which uh, it appears to be a green-skinned Vulcan. <laughs> and uh, I noted that it looks a bit like Yoda. <laughs> it, it totally does. I, I thought this was super funny and actually kind of charming and different. Mm-hmm. Um, but just I, I lolled at, at the kid's drawing of a Vulcan. <laughs> it was so outrageous. It was awesome. Uh, the Enterprise drops out of warp, and Archer speaks to the whole ship via the uh, communication system. Um, he directs their attention to a comet off the side of the ship. Uh, on the bridge, Reed tells Archer that the comet is not in the Vulcan database. So, Hoshi says that uh, they've discovered it. Uh, Mayweather calls it Archer's Comet, and oh. Archer looks very pleased. <laughs> Uh, the Enterprise flies closer to what we now see is a ginormous comet compared to the ship. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah. And then the opening credits. Uh, when we come back, Trip and T'Pol enter the bridge. Uh, Trip is wowed by the comet. T'Pol informs Archer that the diameter of the comet is 82.6 kilometers. So it is huge. Yeah, uh, that's something like... Yeah, that's absolutely huge. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even in uh, in feet. Uh, Archer wants to follow the comet for a while, but Paul tells him that there's already been plenty of research on comets by both Vulcan and human scientists. Archer responds that this is the biggest comet anyone has ever seen, so why not follow it? Uh-huh. Uh, in Paul's quarters, Paul is reading a message written in Vulcan on her computer. And the music is ominous, but hmm. that's all we know about it so far. So we're guessing it's not from, like, one of her cousins in school? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> in the mess hall, Trip grabs a piece of pecan pie. Uh, T'Pol enters and tells Trip that she's there for tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also mentions that caffeine has little effect on Vulcan physiology. So there's another factoid about Vulcans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul. Uh, is offered a seat at uh, Tripp's table. Uh, he says he's been busy working all day, but he's, he got very excited at the idea of getting a piece of pecan pie uh, because pecan pie was his favorite since he was a kid. He offers to Paul a bite, but she declines because it's mostly sugar and she drinks her green tea and reads her pad instead. So Tripp is trying to break the ice, so to speak. 
but mm. Paul is not interested. I see what you did there. Or I see what they did there. <laughs> she uh, she seems preoccupied, but she tells Trip that she's fine when he asks uh, what's up. Uh-huh. And then she leaves. Elsewhere on the Enterprise, T'Pol, Archer, Trip, Reed, and Mayweather are in a meeting. T'Pol informs Archer that the comet contains large quantities of an extremely rare mineral called Icilium. Vulcan chemists have never been able to study this mineral in detail because it's so rare. Mm-hmm. Archer asks that they can grab samples with the transporter, but the Icilium is at least 20 meters below the comet's surface, which is too far down for the transporter. Reed suggests the portable drilling rig, and Mayweather adds that they could take a shuttle pod and land on the comet's surface. Mm. And Reed says that it won't take more than three or four hours. Hoshi tells Archer that a ship is nearing, and it's Vulcan. Uh, T'Pol says it's the starship Tamir. Archer speaks with the Vulcan captain, Vanek. Vanek says that they've detected the comet two days ago. See, they already saw that comet. (laughs) They weren't excited about it. No, they're just like, yeah, you've seen one comet, you've seen them all, right? But they travel to the comet to see why Enterprise is so interested. Yeah, the, the Vulcans really, they're just so over it. They just, they don't seem to get excited about anything. But yeah. wait, hold on, they're Vulcans, <laughs> so they don't get excited. So why should we be surprised? They just want to observe the Enterprise crew as the Enterprise takes core samples. Archer takes T'Pol into a private meeting in his ready room, and he wants the truth out of her. Uh, She suggests that the Vulcans are curious, but he reminds her that this isn't the first time they've seen the Vulcans following them. Uh, Three weeks ago, there was at a planetary nebula, there were some, there was a Vulcan ship. T'Pol says that that was just a survey ship, but Archer wants to know why they didn't respond to hails and why they went to warp when Enterprise approached them. Uh, Totally creeping on them, right? Yeah. Uh, Archer doesn't like it because he feels that the Vulcans are looking over his shoulder too often. Mm-hmm. Not surprising after the events of the last episode, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the shuttle pod flies over to the comet. Reed and Mayweather are very excited about the prospect of walking on a comet's surface. The shuttle pod lands, and Reed and Mayweather step onto the comet's surface, and they have big smiles on their faces. Hmm. See, that's what I like about Enterprise, is that everything's new, but they're really excited about seeing new stuff. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, everyone's super excited. Yeah. Um, Except if you're Hoshi, and you're super freaked out, (laughs) or you're T'Pol, and you can't get excited. (laughs) Uh, back on Enterprise in engineering, Trip wants Hoshi to check out what appears to be an encrypted transmission, uh. and Hoshi tells Trip that it originated from the Vulcan ship. In Archer's ready room, Archer is looking at a pad with the encrypted transmission on it. Uh, the message had been sent directly to T'Pol's head, uh, quarters. And uh, Archer feels betrayed because T'Pol had agreed not to send anything to the Vulcans without her telling him. Archer wants Hoshi to decrypt it. 
on the bridge, Archer records a message to a fourth grade class in Ireland, thanking them for their drawings and answering some of their questions. Uh, this was a weird scene to have in the show, but mm-hmm. it was kind of like Star Trek 101. Um, yeah, you know, I noted that it was, it, yeah, it, I agree, it was Star Trek 101, but it was also, I think, and maybe you'll agree, what they're trying to go for here was sort of how kids in school interact with astronauts now, mm-hmm. like on the International Space Station, you know, how they get to record videos and the astronauts respond to them and things like that. Right. So maybe trying to make it a little closer to what we're used to with the space program right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I could see that. Uh, the first question is, what do you eat? And we learned that the Enterprise has a chef that can cook all manner of foods. Mm -hmm. Uh, the ship has a hydroponic garden in which they grow fruits and vegetables and they can replicate foods with their protein resequencer. Mm. So it's a combo of, see, I wasn't sure. And it kind of answers something for me because they've talked about the chef before and they've brought food into Archer's private dining room. Um, remember when Trip was preggers and he wanted more of the pasta or whatever it was they were eating? Right. And someone brought it in. I wasn't sure at that point if they were bringing it from a replicator or if someone actually had to make that. And so now it seems like it's kind of a combo of both. Like maybe the more elaborate things they make, they, maybe they make the basic building blocks of their meals with the replicators or the resequencers. And then, or if it's something really simple like milk or, you know, water or whatever they make with the the resequencer. I mean, they've mentioned the uh, chef before, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, now we got definitive. Uh, right. Yes, yeah, so now we have we can fully write our fan fictions about the Enterprise chef because we know more about what he does or she does. Hopefully, that chef is not Neelix. Right. Uh, the second question is dating allowed on Enterprise. Uh, We learned that it's not discouraged, but there's not much privacy on Enterprise because Uh most of the crew has to share quarters with at least one other person. So unlike something like the Enterprise D, which has whole families on board, and Uh it's huge, obviously, uh, this Enterprise, you know, very cramped quarters. Uh More like you'd expect a spaceship to be based on, you know, kind of our current technology, or at least a little closer to it. Mm-hmm. Although T'Pol has her own quarters. Yeah, T'Pol. What makes you so special? <laughs> well, she is the only Vulcan on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, third question is, how do you talk to aliens? And mm-hmm. Hoshi gets the spotlight. Uh, she explains that they have a universal translator, but when that doesn't work, it's up to her to translate. Uh-huh. Uh, fourth question, when you flush the toilet, where does it go? And Trip has to answer that one. <laughs> he's uh, he's not too happy about that. No, but it was funny. Yeah. I mean, Trip, again, is just so awesome. <laughs> he just doesn't want the kids to think he's the sanitation engineer. Right. Um, he does answer, and he says that the waste is processed through a biomatter resequencer. And then the molecules can be reformed into things that they need on the ship, such as cargo containers, insulation, and boots. Boots. Just, you know, kind of random, but boots. Uh, Fifth question. Can germs live in space? And Phlox answers that one. 
but he answers it with a little too much enthusiasm. Goes <laughs> very deep into it. Yeah. And uh, Archer is basically like, uh, wrap it up. Uh-huh. Uh, as Archer is finishing his message, he tells them that he's uh, sending comic or sending pictures of the comet they've discovered. On the comet, Mayweather has made a snowman. Uh, Reed uses a plasma torch to add eyes and a mouth, mm-hmm. then jams the torch into the snowman's face as the nose. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Yeah. I, mean, I just thought it was fun. Like, finally, there was some fun stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archer calls and says that... Uh, he's sure that he doesn't have to remind them that they're there, that they're being observed. And we see Reed and Mayweather on the main screen of the Enterprise. And uh, Archer wants to make it. <laughs> they were caught. Yeah. It was like uh, it was like in a Christmas story or something. Archer wants to make a good impression with the Vulcans watching. <laughs> yeah, basically like, guys, quit goofing off. Yeah. <laughs> we want to make a good impression. Uh, in engineering, Hoshi gives the decrypted message to Trip. Uh, she tells him that since the message is in Vulcan, he'll have to run it through the translation matrix because she didn't read it herself. Mm. I, I think she totally read it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Just saying, yeah. Trip translates the message, and in Archer's ready room, he tells Archer that it's a very personal letter and he feels bad for snooping. Mm-hmm. So Trip wants to tell T'Pol what he did because he's a stand-up guy. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're finding this more and more about Trip. He's a he's a real yeah. He's a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. On the bridge, Trip goes over to T'Pol's station and tells her that he read the message. Uh, she has a flash of anger, but is back to her Vulcan self when Archer calls her to his ready room. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was just very brief, but you could tell she was not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, before she leaves, Trip promises that he won't tell anyone else about the letter. In Archer's ready room, Archer tells to Paul that he wants to invite Vanek to the Enterprise for dinner. He kind of wants to break the ice with the Vulcans. <laughs> Yet again, the theme has returned. Uh, so he wants to Paul to speak to the chef. About Vulcan cuisine and wine, but we learn that Vulcans don't drink wine. Um, he wants to charm Vanek and make him go away. <laughs> so at first it seems like, oh, I want to break dance with this guy. I have him over for dinner. Then it's like, well, I just kind of want to wine him and dine him so he leaves. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Very human. <laughs> In sick bay, Paul's being examined. She's had headaches for two days, and she hasn't Mm. slept. Phlox informs her that's a tension headache and asks if she'll tell him what's bothering her. She declines. Uh, Phlox gives her something for the headache, and she leaves. On the comet, the snowman has become a snow Vulcan. Uh, (laughs) It looks like the Vulcan the kid drew, right? Yeah, yeah. His giant ears. Nice callback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reed plants an explosive charge at the base of the snow Vulcan. He tells Enterprise that the charges are set. Archer gives him the go-ahead to detonate, and he does. There's a huge explosion, and after the smoke clears, a huge crater. In Archer's dining room, 
Archer, Trip, T'Pol, and Vanek are eating. Well, Archer, Trip, and T'Pol are eating. Vanek <laughs> is not eating. Mm-hmm. We learned that the Vulcan ship can do up to warp 6.5, but the warp system is classified. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ar- sharing. Archer tries to bond with Vanek with stories of a previous mission with a different Vulcan captain, but Vanek isn't much of a conversationalist. Uh, he, he's not eating because he already ate. And uh, Vanek pretty much shuts down Archer at every turn. Uh-huh. Uh, when offered a chance to check out the Enterprise, Vanek says no. When offered some iced tea, he says he only drinks water. Uh-huh. Uh, Trip asks Vanek to tell him something about himself, which he finds odd. Because Vulcans don't reveal personal information uh-huh. uh, at first meeting. Uh, eventually, Vanek tells Archer that humans do not interest him. He also tells Archer that his inexperience and arrogance are his enemies, not Vanek. Uh, before Vanek leaves, he says something to T'Pol in Vulcan. And then she also gets up and leaves. On the bridge, Hoshi has Archer look at something that has to do with the comet. Uh, on the comet, Mayweather and Reed are drilling. Archer calls and tells them to hurry up because the comet's rotational axis has shifted when the charges were detonated. In about two hours, the side they're on will face the star, uh, which will increase the temperature by a few hundred degrees. In T'Pol's quarters, she's meditating. Uh, Trip enters and asks her what Vanek said to her, but she doesn't say what he said. Uh, instead, she offers him a seat, and she tells Trip that Flock suggested that she talk about her problems with someone she felt comfortable confiding huh. in. Uh-huh. Uh, Trip was not her first choice, but she chose him because he knows about her situation, about the, you know, that was in the letter. Yeah, whatever it is, which we don't know yet. Right. Uh, we learn that she has to leave Enterprise immediately, or her wedding plans will be canceled. Oh. Uh, marriages on Vulcan are arranged at childhood, and she has only spoken to her fiancé, Koss, four times. Uh, Koss's parents are the ones who issued the ultimatum because they arranged the marriage in the first place, and they were insulted that she postponed her wedding to serve on a human vessel. Uh-huh. Trip suggests that she go have her wedding and then come back, but it's customary for Vulcan newlyweds to stay together for one Vulcan year. Uh, it would be illogical for Koss to live on Enterprise because he's an architect, which is not useful on a starship. <laughs> uh, Trip asks her what she wants to do. Uh, she says that that's irrelevant, but he argues that it's very relevant. Right. Uh, he tells her that she has freedom of choice, but she says that Vulcans have a commitment to tradition and that she has an obligation to her culture and heritage. So, you know, Tripp's like, well, I guess you made up your mind then. Uh-huh. Uh, before he leaves, Tripp says that maybe her postponement of the wedding was her subconscious telling her something. Uh-huh. Uh, on the comet... Mayweather is climbing out of the crater when he slips and falls. Uh, he busts his knee. Uh, Reed helps him to the shuttle pod, but he has the core sample in his other hand. Uh, the star starts rising, 
so they only have a short amount of time to get back to the shuttle pod. The rising temperatures are making the icy ground uh, break apart. Uh, they make it back to the shuttle pod, but as they're taking off, the ground below them collapses and they fall into a chasm. Archer calls and tells them that they've dropped about 18 meters. Uh, Archer tells Trip to get the grappler ready. Then Archer himself takes the helm and flies the Enterprise close to the comet's surface. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. He's a good pilot. Uh, it was interesting to note that they have this manual joystick control. Mm-hmm. It's like like straight up flying a plane or something, basically. Right. Like he He's just flying it in there on his own. Trip fires the grappler. One hits and one misses. Uh, as Enterprise is pulling the shuttle pod out of the chasm, the pod gets stuck. And to make matters worse, the acilium deposits are weakening the maglock on the grappler. Mm-hmm. Enterprise drops the shuttle pod, dropping it another nine meters. Another problem arises. The comet is continuing to rotate. And the surface will recrystallize as it rotates away from the star, trapping the shuttle pod under the ice. Tabal suggests that they get Vanek's help because the Vulcan ship has a tractor beam. Archer insists on using the grappler, but uh, because he wants to do it on his own. Uh-huh. Uh, but even Trip says that they could use a tractor beam right now. Yeah, yeah quit being stubborn. Take some help. T'Pol persuades Archer by telling him that Vanek expects Archer to refuse his offer uh, because humans are arrogant. Asking for help would prove Vanek wrong. She says, you're human. You're free to choose. The Vulcan ship pulls the shuttle pod out of the chasm. So Archer chose to ask for help. Uh Uh-huh. Finally. (laughs) Later, Archer offers Vanek the data they collected on the comet. He replies that, as T'Pol said, they have very little interest in comets. When Trip asks to see the specs on the Vulcan tractor beam, he's told that the information is classified. Oh, surprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really thought they bonded and would totally exchange information. Uh-huh. Nope. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really believe that. Oh, you didn't think so? <laughs> <laughs> After Vanek signs off, Trip goes over to T'Pol and asks if she's all packed. Uh, T'Pol tells Archer that she'd like to send a message to the Vulcan ship to send to Vulcan. Trip smiles, and when Archer asks what's up, he replies, it's personal. In T'Pol's quarters, she has a piece of pecan pie because she and Trip broke the ice. And that's the end of the episode. Woo! I mean, any episode that ends with... You know, someone with a piece of pecan pie. I mean, it's <laughs> got to be pretty good. Yeah, so what did you think? It was an odd episode because yeah. it was mainly a character-building episode. Or, mm-hmm. or rather, the more interesting aspect was the character-building. Yeah. In theory, the main part of the episode was the comet stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's called Breaking yeah. the Ice, the Breaking the Ice of the Comet. Mm-hmm. But, but it mean, meant a lot more than just that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was more of a T'Pol episode, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like learning more about Vulcans, and I learned mm-hmm. I liked learning more about the Enterprise itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was to me a little bit weird that it took eight episodes to get that expositional stuff out of the way. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, in a way, I felt like this was almost the first episode where they started to focus on the characters mm-hmm. and they started to focus more on what's going on in, in the characters' lives. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again that I think, I mean, at least so far, the indication is that this series is going to be a lot about Vulcans and <laughs> the, the relationship between Vulcans and humans, uh, like, like that's going to play a bit really big part of it. And this, this kind of episode was no different than that. I mean, it definitely was about humans and Vulcans and Vulcans. Right. Lots of stuff about Vulcans. Lots of stuff about Vulcans. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that I actually, I liked this episode a lot. I, it's definitely up there. I I want to say, I mean, I don't know if I can quite say it's my favorite so far. I don't know if it really, you know, we're talking in those terms yet because, you know, there's been a lot of inconsistency, but I definitely liked that it focused more on the characters um, and it really addressed something um, that we talked about on our last episode. Actually, Cody brought up is that the stories up until this point have been very linear, very, you know, basic sort of, you know, by the numbers. And this was the first episode, I think, so far where they've tried to tackle a couple of like plot lines in one episode. Mm-hmm. So you had kind of the A story of the comet and what was going on there. And then you had the B story of, uh, of Trip and to Paul and what was going on between them. And they actually connect, it, they, the, the two stories had to do with one another, uh, in different ways. Uh, but it made it feel a lot more sort of organic, like it was kind of unfolding in a natural way, um, that there was more going on than just a bunch of kind of cookie cutter story stuff. That there was, you know, a real people on the ship, basically. Um, and here is T'Pol dealing with something you never really hear Vulcans dealing with. She's dealing with getting married. You find out about arranged marriages, you find out, you know, well, basically, you know, she's potentially going to, you know, give up on getting married to this person that, you know, she's been supposed to get married to since she was a child in order to serve on the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a pretty big deal. The fact that she was getting stressed out about it. I mean, there was a lot. And when, like you said, when she finds out that Tripp had read her communication, she actually got upset, which is, you know big thing for Vulcans to do. Um, and he felt like Trip was really kind of cared about her and he, like that he actually felt bad about reading her personal communication. But there was also that sort of that tie between what happened in the previous episode um, and, and what has kind of been boiling or simmering, I guess, under the surface, the, the whole humans, can we trust Vulcans thing? Right. Um, where we thought, oh wait, is this Vulcan ship shows up, sends her a message, is she basically spying on them? Um, and of course, you know, Archer was just totally ticked off about that. Mm-hmm. The idea that he's got someone on his ship he can't trust. But it turns out, no, I mean, it was just a personal thing. Right. Um, and I liked the stuff with Mayweather and, um, and, uh, and what's his name? Reed. <laughs> I always forget his name. Reed. Mayweather and Gun Guy, Shooty McGunnerson, uh, on, on the, uh, on the comet. I thought that was fun. Um, and, you know, I thought it was cool to see, uh, Archer piloting the Enterprise manually. Like, 
you know, being like, hey, I'm a, I'm the Anakin Skywalker, you know, I'm the greatest pilot that ever was, mm-hmm. like, flying this thing. And I don't know if he's supposed to be the greatest pilot ever, but <laughs> he's like, he's clearly a good Starship pilot. Uh, and I'm going to fly this in and rescue my dudes. And, um, that was cool. Him finally stop, you know, when he finally stopped being stubborn and accepted their help because it was unexpected. Yeah, it was neat. I thought it was a neat episode. Yeah. There's a lot of character growth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I felt like I was getting to know these people more. Right. Rather than just flocks who I think is kind of, you know, the wise Guinan type character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, the character stuff is definitely a highlight. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't I mean nothing totally big happened. Right. I mean it was it, it was ultimately a smaller episode just mm-hmm. in terms of huge events because uh, coming off the last episode where that was huge events. Mm-hmm. Um it was nice to, you know, take it down a notch and just kind of focus on the characters. Mhm. It was I think worth noting that we've talked about this before how in sort of more modern sci-fi series like we keep referencing or i keep referencing at least battlestar galactica how if in a more serialized show like that in this episode they would have been dealing with the fallout from the previous episode Mm -hmm. of giving that data to the uh to the you know the alien race um and instead we basically you know when the vulcan ship showed up i was expecting them to be something to do with that like Oh boy, here are the Vulcans. They found out what happened on the on the planet uh when we uh totally blew the lid on their spy operation. But no, they were just there to send a message. <laughs> send a message to Paul. There was like no reference to what happened in the previous episode, mm-hmm. which is a little odd. I guess then again, you know, odd based on on uh on current sci-fi. I guess not odd in the Star Trek sense because, you know, with Probably not very consistently. They didn't really reference previous episodes. Right. What happened? Um, one uh, dangling plot thread, or mm-hmm. it's not a really a plot thread, but one dangling thread is um, what Vanek said to T'Pol at the dinner. Mm-hmm. I still have no idea because, I mean, Trip asked about it, but it's never answered. Right. I, I assumed that it was something to do with the wedding. But it could have been something different. It could have been something about her serving with the humans. Uh, you know, I I definitely was thinking about that. I was thinking, well, was he saying, like, you've made a bad choice? Or, you know, was he criticizing her in Vulcan? I don't know. This we'll find out. Maybe he was saying, you need to spy better. <laughs> you <know? laughs> or... You remember your, remember your mission. It's to make sure their mission fails or something. So maybe it will come back. Yeah, maybe. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Civilization. Ooh. Not the video game. Oh, it's not going to be Sid Meier's Civilization? No, nope, oh, sorry. <laughs> Star Trek Civilization. I'm surprised they haven't made that yet. That would be pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, see you then. Oh, and folks, uh, we have something to tell you about this week that might be of interest to you if you're into genre television, and that is a sort of sister podcast to Trek Trek. Um, 
It is called Debriefing Agent Carter. And if you couldn't tell, uh, this is a podcast dedicated to the new series on ABC uh, called Marvel's Agent Carter. Uh, it is a all-female podcast. Uh, it is hosted by uh, a trio of ladies who are super into uh, genre stuff and super into comics and Marvel and uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so they've decided that they're going to uh, record an episode each week, much like we do for Trek Trek, to, uh, to talk about what has happened in the latest episode of Marvel's Agent Carter. So uh, if you are interested at all in that series, we wholeheartedly recommend uh, that you check it out. Uh, we give it our Trek Trek uh, thumbs up Vulcan salute stamp of approval. Uh, and yeah, you can find it on iTunes at uh, just type in Debriefing Agent Carter and uh, you'll be able to subscribe to it. Anyways, give that a check and we will see you next week on Trek Trek.